The Mindset Matters Show with Sinat Noorani. Good morning, good morning, beautiful people, and welcome to the Mindset Matters Talk Show. I'm your host, and I'm also a mental health and well-being coach and therapist. Now, you can find me here Every Friday, same time, same place, where I'll be talking all subjects that impact mental health and well-being. Right, the Mindset Matters show is all about bringing awareness and breaking down stigmas around mental health and well-being. But more importantly, that it's about knowing that you are not alone and that we all go through challenging times in our lives. And it's absolutely okay to ask for help. Now, for those of you who don't know me and are listening in for the first time, I am absolutely passionate about working with people who want to better their personal and professional life. I empower my clients to gain clarity by breaking through challenges such as anxiety, stress, goal clarity, confidence, breaking down fears, things that stop them from living the life that they desire. Now, fundamentally, I believe it all starts from self-awareness and helping my clients to have the right tools and strategies in their back pockets, excuse me, in their back pockets as a preventative. So they can just whip them out any time they need when they come across challenges. Now, if you want to find out more about me, then please do hop over to my website, which is www.zenatnarani.com, or why not directly book a call with me and let's get talking at calendly.com forward slash zenatnarani. Okie dokie, as usual, don't forget to tweet in your comments and shout outs to zenat underscore narani. And don't forget to use the hashtag. MSM Radio Talks in your post. Continue to follow, share and like and let's start bringing awareness, breaking down stigmas, sharing our stories. Now, um, I have a real treat. So coming up in just a bit, I'm going to be doing in two parts today. You're going to be hearing the pre-recorded um recording from my guest John Nicholson who'll be talking about his personal story now he's from a community driving school he's the owner and founder of community driving school that he has set up it's a CIC uh it's incredible so do stick around for that because it's a treat he's such an amazing guy Uh, I was blown away by him and we could have just spent hours and hours and hours just talking Now, you know what? As I was driving into the studio, uh, I was listening to Radio 1 
And they were talking about playing with words, uh, with songs, so connected to songs. And they were talking about the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccination. And, you know, they really made me laugh. It was a great little tickled. And there was one, actually, that I absolutely loved. So hats off to them. It was um, by Destiny Child. And it's they... They went and played the song. It was, I am a survivor. I've had my visor. Oh, my God. You know, and they were playing with all these words. And it just kind of gave me a tickle. And then it got me thinking about our mental health and well-being around these vaccinations. So I would like to know, how are you feeling mentally about having had or going to have your vaccinations? Is it something that is adding pressure to your mental well-being Or has it actually eased the pressure? Now, I know that I feel much more ease, uh, which has aided me to go out a bit more and start interacting socially. Um, So, yeah, it's been it's been a good thing. And also, I think it's for me, it's something that I'm doing as well, not just for myself, but for other people and that is really important to me because it it does impact everybody. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. So do tweet in your comments to Zinatnarani underscore using the hashtag um, MSM Radio Talks, hashtag Mindset Matters. That will be awesome to hear some things coming in. Uh, Intune PR has just tweeted, getting ready for my Friday fix of Zinatnarani. Always lovely to have you tune in, uh, Darren. Uh, you are one of my fans. And yes, he's listening in this week to John Nicholson from Community Driving School. Yes, he is an inspirational guy uh, with such a story to tell. So thank you for tuning in. And of course, uh, my wonderful Sarah Ben. So Sarah Marsh Collins has also tweeted in as well. So thank you for listening in. Now, what's going on this month? Well, it's still May, but you know what? I can't believe how quickly this month has gone. It's it's just incredible. You know, last weekend, um, I had the most amazing weekend, um, and it was the first time I had a couple of people around, my friends, really special friends, and boy, that actually did wonders for my mental health and well-being. It just reconnecting with people, sharing stories, having a laugh, uh, even though there was still social distancing. And then we had beautiful weather. Then suddenly it was just hail and rain. The heavens opened up, but we still had an amazing time. And uh, yeah, I haven't had that in a while, I suppose, ever since lockdown last year. So what have you done uh, that's really been great for your mental health and well-being since the restrictions have been lifted and continue to hopefully be lifted be great again tweet in let me know what you're doing how you're feeling what are your thoughts around everything because this is what this show's all about it is still mental health awareness week so uh You know, tell us what you're doing for mental health awareness. Tweet in again. And of course, it is National Walking Month. So how are you setting your mind, giving yourself that energy, uh, raising um, your levels, having a good heart, losing weight? 
everything, refocusing, clarity, reducing risks of illnesses. What are you doing when it comes to National Walking Month? Um, Okay, so you know what? I think I'm going to go straight into John Nicholson's interview, part one, and do continue to tweet in as you listen. John Nicholson with me, an absolutely amazing guy who's got an incredible personal story to share with us. And then that story leads to what he does now, and he'll be telling us all about that. So welcome, John. It's a pleasure to have you on the Mindset Matters show. Good morning, Jeanette. Thank you very much for the, for the invite. It's very kind of you. So why don't you t- um, start telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and then, you know, your personal journey around mental health and well-being? Of course. Um, my journey really starts as a child, my earliest memories. I grew up in South East London. Um, my father was a violent alcoholic. Um, some of my earliest memories involve seeing my dad leaning over mum, punching her, mm. and mum screaming for help. And I just stood watching. And then one day my dad looked at me and punched me as well. And that must have been about four or five. Um, And this was very difficult for me to comprehend because this was a man who I loved and hated as well. So that really, that was really the start of me beginning to see life at its worst. And this happened for 10, 12 years, a repeat cycle. It didn't happen every week, maybe not even every month, as I recall. But when it happened, it was a genuine shock. It was a genuine wake-up call to the system. Mm. And my questions of, I love you, you're supposed to protect me. Why are you punching me? And one... When I was 10, 11, I had pneumonia and I was off school for about six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. I was recuperating on the settee and I remember dad walking in. He had a cigarette in his hand and he said, can I have a bite of your apple? Now, I knew he'd been drinking um, because the way he was wobbling as he was standing. Mm. I said, okay, dad, you may as well have the apple. And... He just caught me a selfish little bastard and backhanded me across the face, which led to a complete paralysis because I was coughing so much I could hardly breathe. If people have had this COVID-19, you'll know what pneumonia is. And I was recovering from pneumonia. And my face went red. I remember mum stepping in. I remember dad just walking out. And I was, I didn't even have the breath to cry. It was really hard. Mm. Um, and several years from on from that, I was over at a friend's home who lived over the road from us. My sister knocked on the door, was banging on the door. And 
She said, John, you've got to come home. Dad's really gone into one. I just literally dropped everything, ran indoors. My dad had thrown a sewing machine at my mum. Oh, wow. Okay. It smashed the door. Mum was lying on the floor. There was needles and cotton everywhere. Dad was raging. And I just said to Joe, look, go upstairs. Go upstairs. I ran into the kitchen, picked up a kitchen knife, uh, one of the big carving ones, and ran at Dad and had it at his throat. And I said, if you effing touch me or Mum again, I am going to kill you. I was about 16, I suppose, at the time. And I was a swimmer, so I was quite well built quite fit um, and dad just looked at me and broke into tears and I think it took something like that to shake him out of what this demon that he was mm. and mum and dad decided to separate that day that very day because in his own way dad loved us yeah. I know it sounds weird, but I, they both said they didn't want me going to prison because I, I, I would have killed my dad. I would have used a knife that day if he didn't stop. Mm. As I sit here now, I look back and think my memories of it are I would have used that knife. And a couple of years after that, in 1986, my dad took his own life. Mm. back up in Sunderland. He was in a bed sit. I got a letter from the... I didn't believe it at first, so I got a... I wrote to the coroner and asked for proof. And I got the police reports. I got everything. My dad died alone. He, died, he had a pauper's funeral because none of his family um, wanted to be part of him. Ironically, and yet his dad, my grandfather, did the same thing to his mum. My dad grew up seeing what I saw. I'm not condoning what my dad did. I'm just not. Mm. But I knew the difference between right and wrong. I had the strength of my own character to say, I'm not going to repeat that. Yeah. I'm not going to be like my dad. And I think that's... I used to escape watching, reading Marvel comics. Mm. That was my escape route, thinking oh, I could be a superhero. I could save mum. Yeah. And that takes a certain trait and character and resilience within yourself. Because like you said, um, you know, often this t pattern tends to follow through, doesn't it? From one set of parents to the next, the generational. And it takes, you know, the force of one person to just break that cycle, to make that difference, as you did as well. Yeah, I was fortunate because I guess... I'm 50% my dad, 50% my mum. Mm. And, you know, it, it's, I, I suppose there's something in the genealogy of it all. Mm. But I just knew that I did not want to be like my dad. It was a choice you made. And it, it's hard because my friends would talk about, oh, I went and did this with my dad, I went and did that with my dad. Mm. Don't get me wrong, my dad took me to go and took my first football match. My dad took me to the pictures. He would make me laugh. Yeah. He genuinely would make me belly laugh. Therein is that dichotomy of what my dad was. It was um, 
And I think growing up in that environment really affected me. And some of the memories that I'm recalling, that incident where I had pneumonia, that had been locked away for 30-odd years. Mm. Until last summer, when a friend of mine reminded me, he came round my house one day and said, John, I remember coming to speak to you. Ironically, the friend who I was at when my sister came to get me, he said, John, I remember coming round your house seeing if you would come out to play. And you couldn't because you were in so much pain. Mm. And that just that phrase unlocked memories in my head. You've got a better idea of how the brain works than I do. And it's as if it's uncorked something which was locked away. And I've been, I've had other memories come through as well. Yeah. Um, and in a way, talking about it is very cathartic. It's very relieving of those memories of the feelings of the pent up poison that has been in here, which as a result of my own life experiences in 2014, resulted in me trying to take my own life. Mm -hmm. in, so in a way I was locked with my dad's cycle, but in 2014, I was able to well, the long and short of it is, it, I was in a very bad place in a two-week period. My mother, was, I was told my mother had terminal cancer. My wife had chronic fatigue. My brother had ischemic heart disease. And my aunt had dementia following several strokes. And as a result of that diagnosis, on, a, on the walk home, she was marked on her doorstep. Yeah. That all happened in a two-week period. And... I was not in a good place. I have to be careful what I say because I signed a NDA. Um, but suffice to say, on the morning of September the 7th, 2014, I couldn't handle life anymore. My memory of it, I woke up. Well, I hadn't gone to sleep, to be honest. I got out of bed. I walked down into the kitchen, saw a kitchen knife, Picked it up, walked to the wall, put the handle against the wall, started leaning into it. I even remember moving my feet back so that as I leaned into it, I knew that I couldn't pull back. And a door slammed upstairs. And I remember, huh? I fell forward and the knife was 45 degrees away from my body. Yes. So I fell into the wall, not yes. the knife. That door slamming is the reason I'm here today. It's, it's not something that I can explain. But my memories of that morning are as if I was in a floating above watching it from a third person perspective. I was watching it and banging on this invisible wall, going, stop it, don't do it, John, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. That's how I remember that Sunday morning. Can I just um, ask, um, ask you, you know, right now, I'm sure what you're sharing here is, well, not sure, definitely is very intense um, and it's going to be triggering probably a lot of thoughts for many listeners out there, 
you know, right now, what is your advice to them, you know, if they're feeling like this right now? What would you say to them? Don't do it. Don't act on that impulse to take your own life. I've spoken to some suicide survivors like myself, mm. and every single one is happy to be here. Every single one of them. I didn't feel as though I was engaging with my family. In that, that year of 2014, my recollection of it is patchy to say the least. Mm. I wasn't eating properly, I wasn't drinking properly. My mental health took a complete and utter... Complete turnover. It dropped off of a cliff. And I thought the only way out would be to end my life. Mm. And if you, that's all right. It's, you know, it's a very, very difficult uh, subject matter. And I think right now, um, as we are in the situation we are, there's a lot out there in terms of news talking about um, attempted suicide you know it, it can happen to anybody um out there whether you know you're an adult or a young person there is so many people going through these um difficult times and what john is sharing here today is just a small percentage but it needs to impact many people out there to say don't you know the moment you feel that something is different in your life and you're not feeling uh, content with it or your mind's doing something that it shouldn't be doing, the thoughts, the feelings, it's so important that we reach out to somebody we trust and we talk. There's lots of organizations out there. They will guide you. Do not be afraid to um, ask for help. This is absolutely fundamental. I mean, just on the news the other day, they were talking about this from very young people all the way through. Um, and, it, 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 you know, we talk about being really high in men um, attempting their own lives. But actually, there is women as well. And that ratio is changing too. Okay, yeah, thank so you. we are going to go into a quick break. This is a, an intense uh, interview, uh, hence that I split this into two parts. And also, John needed to have a little bit of time to himself, which we understand. So please, please do um, reach out. You know, if something here right now is triggering any thoughts, uh, slipbacks, Get onto that hotline, ring your GP um, or your uh, medical profession and speak to them. Okay, let's go into a quick break.
Welcome to Mindset Matters, exploring mental health and well-being horizons with Sinat Noorani. This show is dedicated to offering insight, support and tips covering a range of topics related to addressing your mental health and well-being. Each week, guest experts and brave inspirational people share their personal journey and experiences about their recovery, bringing awareness and change to the importance of breaking through this long-standing negative stigma. Welcome back. So, Boogie Wonderland, Earth, Wind and Fire. What a great tune. Okay, before we go into part two with John Nicholson, I just wanted to read out a couple of tweets that have come in, uh, you know, with the listeners listening in, um, saying that, you know, so brave, uh, John Nicholson, sharing his story um, on Mindset Matters. He's making a difference to victims of abuse and neglect, people who can't afford to get the driver's license, um, you know, that they want to get, and they're getting them with the help of John. He is supporting so many, so many people and, you know, do go onto his website and follow him and ask him questions. It, it, he's amazing. He's so inspirational. Um, I just want to say I met John because I was introduced to him by Sarah Marsh Collins. So thank you so much for introducing me to such a wonderful man. Uh, so, yes, I just wanted to recognise that and give you a shout out for that. Right, so let's go on to part two with John. Yeah, thank you, Jeanette, for, yeah. for that. It That's is, um, you know, take your time. It, you know, it's. I'm passionate about mental health, and you mentioned the gender. Mm. Kent, in particular, has higher than national average male and female suicide. 19 people a day nationally are taking their own life. Yeah. And that was on figures two years ago. Mm. They haven't released the COVID figures yet, not that I've seen. No. I think it's going to be a hell of a lot higher. There, when you're in that place, when you are stepping towards that abyss and you're prepared to take that final step into that, that dark space, things will always get better. Mm. I am so pleased I'm still here today. I am so grateful for that door slamming. Whatever happened, whatever it was, whoever it was, we still don't know. Yeah. In a way, I don't want to know. I am so pleased to be here. My life has turned around. My life has changed. Yes. And I'm able to help others. Yeah, and you're and doing I, amazing things right now. Speaking about it, I did an article in the Herm Baker Gazette, just a local rag, mm. about why I was training to be a driving instructor, what drove me to do that. And I know someone who is alive today because they read that article. And this person is a driving instructor because they read that article. Mm. I bumped into this person in Canterbury Driving Test Centre about eight months after I'd done the article. And it's a he. He looked over at me and he, he said, is your name John Nicholson? And I, yeah, it was rather random. Um, our pupils went out for their driving test. He came up to me and 
he just hugged me and he said, I owe you my life. Wow. I, I, I didn't know what to say or do other than just hug him back. Mm. We both burst into tears. And he said, I'm so grateful for you talking about that. What happened to you? His parents showed him the article. He was at that abyss, ready to go. And it's what pulled him back. And he's a driving instructor because of reading that article. And he's alive because of reading that article. You and that was a sign for me to not shut up about mental health. And I won't. Yeah. I absolutely will not. Which is why what you're doing, the gateway you're giving me, is so vital in reaching out to people who are feeling that way, who are, feel that there's no other alternative, there's no opportunity, there's no U-turn. There mm. is. There absolutely is. Yes. Reach out to someone, the Samaritans, reach out to people like that. It will save and transform your life. It absolutely will. Guaranteed. And with that, you know, that moment that that door slammed what were your next steps that you took because obviously that literally just went and it triggered something in you what were the steps that you then took for your recovery to move forward i went into work the next day believe it or not because it was a sunday morning i went to work the next day i didn't really have a clue where I was, who I was. I believe at certain points I may have been rambling. Um, I, I had a meeting with my boss and I collapsed with chest pains. Mm. They phoned for an ambulance and in the city of London all police are trying to deal with heart issues because stress and anxiety and depression is a massive killer yes, in the city. Absolutely. In 2012, I witnessed a trader land after a 12-storey fall. I was lucky there was a sheet of glass between me and the body because the glass cut got a lot of the brains and blood. Goodness me. That was not pleasant. So I was signed off work for three months. I was getting psychological help. Mm. I three months is nowhere near enough to recover is all I can say mm. I went back to work in the January of 2015 started regressing back and eventually we came to an agreement that I would leave I retrained to be a driving instructor over the course of 2015 mm -hmm. and I worked for a national franchise and I where I was open about my mental health on social media in, in the media yeah um, I found people coming to me and talking to me about their problems um, now I'm not an expert I'm not um, a counselor I'm not um, in any way a, a professional but I'm someone who's been there and I found that they were opening up to me, so I was pointing them in the direction of various services that they could go. Yeah. Because I think 
professionals who haven't been there have got a place in the healing process. Mm. People who have been there have got a place. And the best thing is professionals who have been there, they very much have a place in the healing process for everybody. And it's funny that you say that because very much this show and my um, ethos around this show is about bringing about awareness, as you know, with mental health. And, you know, I find that it's, yes, as professional experts, it's amazing what we can offer and bring because it's the therapy side of things and which a non-professional wouldn't have. But for me, when I have people coming on the show and really sharing their story, because that is real, people resonate more with that and say, you know what, that's me, or I've been through that, or I'm going through that. And then that's where the magic of change can happen. And of course, if a professional has gone through that as well and is doing what they're doing, um and again that brings another kind of magic should i dynamic, say it? It brings dynamic, a... magic, transformation. you're right absolutely right i'm glad you brought that up to say that it is that there is there are many paths to healing yes to getting the healing that we need i still have good days and bad days trust me i, I do yeah. but the thing that keeps me going are the people who rely on me to provide the driving lessons. Mm. Because being in that national franchise, I was meeting people who couldn't afford driving lessons. Yes. And I learned that driving was as much a therapy as it was a gateway to employment, a gateway to social mobility. Yeah. And that's what encouraged me to set up community driving school and to do what I'm doing now. Which is saving the lives of people in poverty who are victims of abuse, um, ex-offenders, ex-addicts, you know, lots and lots of areas, and you're providing them an outlet, a source of growth, aren't you, through your drive? So tell us a little bit more about this. Well, yeah, we. I, I decided I didn't want to be part of that national franchise anymore, but I wanted to give something back to the community. And how can I do best do that? Mm. I didn't want to set up as a charity and I hadn't heard of community interest companies before. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to several people. I spoke to an accountant who told me about CICs. And I thought, well, actually, if I set, take the Formula One model, they rely on sponsorship to let someone race around the track yeah. in death-defying speeds. I wanted to do something similar, but give people driving lessons in return for them working in the community. Mm. Because for me, it's vitally important that people who are on the receiving end of what we do maintain their dignity. They may not be able to afford to pay for the lessons, but by working or going back to education or within so doing something within their community to earn the lessons, makes it more meaningful. Absolutely. They have earned something. Mm -hmm. They haven't got one tool, i.e. the money, but they've got another tool, i.e. themselves, to go and do something within the community to earn it. And it's working. We have, Mm -hmm. I, me personally, I've transformed the lives of 
almost two dozen people from a life of crime, from a life of domestic abuse. In one case, one young man had been sexually abused by an uncle when he was eight. He was living homeless in a park when he came when he was referred through to us. <clears throat> he's now got a job. He doesn't have a fixed address, but he can live in a car because he's got his license. Um, he's got a job. He's got. He's moving forwards with his life. Yeah. Another young man who, his family are a very nasty family who deal drugs. He was sick and tired of all of that. He was living in a shed at the bottom of the garden to escape all the police knocking on the door and he's now away from the family with a girlfriend about to become a father with a job and a license as a result of what we've done. Amazing. And it's it, it's not, nothing massive in terms of giving them finance, but it's giving them that value, that worth, which is more than anything, giving them that hope, opening the doors of possibility that they can change their lives and make the right decisions and that provide for them it's responsibility we've done some research into the power of driving not just in terms of employment we asked the question how do you feel about your future with a driving license on a scale of one to ten mm -hmm. ten being perfect and the average response was 8.55 we asked the reverse question how do you feel about your future without a full driving license? Yeah. The average score was 3.26. And that's not, nothing to do with employment. That's just your life in general. Mm. Is the power of a driving license. Mm. I have an ambition to see an end to driving lessons done the way they're done. Right. I want to be the national go-to driving school because we're not for profit mm. so that people come to community driving school they see the value that we add in what we do being a social enterprise for me is the way forwards we don't put our profits into directors or shareholders pockets we mm. put it into the community and we've encountered other social enterprises as well there's one social enterprise i know Every towel you buy from them is helping a woman in sex coming out of sex trafficking. Right. We've encountered another one that makes um, shower bags out of old fire hose, which is helping the fire service. Yes, you pay a bit more for it to shop socially, but by God, does it have a social impact on what you do? And it, I'm passionate about that as well. I, I worked in the city. I've seen people make millions at mm. the top of that. And that money goes into their pockets. They may well do some philanthropic good with it, great. But social enterprise, you're guaranteed that it's going to do something good. You actually see the difference it's making. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, we are expanding. We've had conversations with people up and down the country about getting community driving school in their areas. We had a chat with an MP who is looking to get it installed in his constituency. And this is in the West Country. We can't say too much just yet. Yeah. But this person is also a government minister. This is the power of learning to drive. This is what we can do. But when, we, when it comes to taking on the instructors, 
we don't just want anybody. You can't for the people we're dealing with. No. I'm dealing with, right now, a young girl who has a sister. Their mum took to drugs and drink because she was being abused by the father. They were put into foster care. Mm. They were abused by the foster carer. Oh, goodness. And I'm dealing with that. And she opens up and talks about it. And I carry that. I am getting therapy, supervision therapy, as a result of all this. Um, but learning to drive for her is more than just a gateway to employment. It's more than just that, as I said before, that, that freedom to go when you want, where you want. It's giving her, people do trust me. They do believe in me. And what she's seen and been through, people can only imagine what it's like. It makes my story look like a barrel of laughs. It really does. Another lady I'm teaching, she runs a charity. But at the age of nine, she was sold to a paedophile ring by her mother. Mm. She's 50 now, and she won't mind me saying it. She is such an icon of a woman who I look up to. Yeah. She is one of the bright lights in my life. And she, driving for her, will be something that she never dreamed of because because of what happened to her in a, as a child, she can't read or write properly. Mm. Well, now she's got the, this opportunity with us and she wants me to do it because she wants to show the people she looks after that not all men are horrible. Yeah. You know, there are... Wonderful. You can't trust some men. Yeah, there are wonderful men out there. And, you know, I think that's so important. I mean, also you mentioned, um, you know, that they're opening up, they're building this trust and... Of course, for you to take on that again, you're having to manage yourself, and I think that's really important. And you know, for you to say that also, you are seeking therapy outside support because you're receiving all this information. So, when you receive this information, what do you do with it? You know, how do you process it? And I think that you know, this is also so fundamental because you you know, from what you've been through as well. And you mentioned earlier on that when people go through mental health, it's not like you suddenly, it's gone and dusted. We have our good days, we have our bad days, things can trigger and we need that constant support. Um, and it's about maintaining for the rest of our life. And that's worth the time. And it's worth the investment that you may make, no matter what it is, looking after your mental health and well-being, fundamental no matter what you do in life. It is true. People need to reach out to people like you. They really do, because you're there for a reason. I mean, it, it, it is fundamental, the ability to talk. We have one mouth, two ears. Two ears. It's about time people remembered that. And when they say to someone, how are you? Oh, I'm all right. Ask again. Yes. Really listen to how they are saying the tone, the body language, if you're in front of them. Tuning into that is is vital because you can say, I'm okay, I'm okay, but the head's nodding not. You know, uh, all these are your cues. And you're right, ask again. Don't give up. Because you... Pick up on what isn't being said because... 
even though, believe it or not, I lost about three stone over the course of 2014, mm -hmm. um, where I wasn't eating and drinking properly. And yet still my family had no idea how serious I was about finishing my life. Those who want to do it won't talk about it. Yes. There are many people who go, oh, I'm going to do it and slash their wrists, which is a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, I'm not decrying what they're doing. But that's generally a cry for help. It is, I'm yeah. not saying in every case it but is. But that's a sign, that's the first sign which shouldn't be ignored. Exactly. exactly. If they're prepared to inflict pain on themselves, they can go further. Me, I never inflicted pain. I just woke up one morning and I was going to do it. Mm. It's the only option I've got. It's the only way I can see it out of it. They're the ones, and people are asking me, John, are you okay? But I don't recall people going, John, I'm going to take you to one side, and I'm going to chat with you and say, look, come on, what is the matter? Where can we get you out of this? And I was, I was getting professional help at the time as well. Mm. Friday before I tried, she wanted to section me. Mm. I fled her office. She knew. But legally, her hands are tied on what she can and can't do. But she knew. I ran out of her office crying. And then on the Sunday, two days later, was when I tried. Those who are serious will generally, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. And we don't hear. You know what? You have so openly shared such... Oh, I'm, you know what? I'm lost for words because this, you know, this is a tough topic to talk about. But even for myself sitting here to ask the questions is also challenging for me. It, you know, I'm sure it's touched without a doubt so many people's lives right now that are listening in. And you are doing an amazing job to be brave, to share your story, which is fundamentally important we have to voice what's going on in our lives and not sit in silence but also the difference that you're making in people's lives whether it's one person or two it you know it's massive it is absolutely massive so thank you very much for coming on and sharing this um on the show um if our listeners want to find out more about you, get in touch with you, find out about the, you know, the, the driving school community that you do to support um, young people and adults. And uh, sorry, I, I'm so lost. Away. I'm, I'm a bit confused now. Uh, that, you know, are in poverty. How can they do this? They can visit our website www.thecds.org.uk. They can sign up to become a member for as little as £10 a month, get access to special offers from all our business sponsors and supporters. But most importantly, that £10 will go and help someone mm. who is in real difficulty. Yeah. And some of the stories I've mentioned this morning are just the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. Uh, and I know you shared me to me uh, some YouTube videos that are out there that talks about some of the students that you've exactly. had. Absolutely. They so can visit our YouTube channel, Community Driving School, we're on social media, all the platforms. And if the people want to have a chat, let's have a chat. Because I'm passionate about this. The community is passionate about this. And the community needs this. I'll just say in closing, 
goalindeed.com, type on driving license required in keywords in Kent, find out how many jobs require a driving license. Right. You'd be surprised at nearly 1,500 of them. People in poverty are being discriminated against applying for them. Amazing, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's uh, John Nicholson from Community Driving School, CIC. Have you got a quote to leave us with, John, or an inspirational statement? Um, there, there's two that I like to use. One of them, in terms of mental health, is listen to what people are not saying. People you know, listen to what they're not telling you and always ask twice. The other one is your community or community is no longer a word, it's action. Whether that's with regard to getting involved with community driving school or whether that's in terms of speaking about mental health. It's no longer just a word. It won't do to just say I'm part of a community. Mm. Do something. Do something. Great. Fantastic. Once again, thank you, John, for coming on and being so open to sharing all your personal stories, some great insights to support people out there and what you are doing to make a difference in people's lives. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, there we have it. Oh, my goodness. What an interview. That is probably the most touching interview that I have done since starting this radio show. It really did touch me. Um, I was lost for words. It had lumps in my throat. He he opened up so openly and bravely. So I really highly recommend that you check him out. See the work that he, John Nicholson, is doing. So, John, I know you're listening out there. So thank you once again for coming on and being so brave and open about your journey and the amazing things that you are doing to change people's lives. Um, I, on that note, I just wanted to read um, a quote from my book uh, of affirmations. And to, I mean, there's lots here that would resonate with uh, what's been said today. But one of the things I wanted to read was, each day, look into the mirror and remind yourself what you want from life and your value and what is important to you. The other one that I wanted to read was uh, Life is a journey full of adventure, danger as well as rewards. So open your heart and mind. Greet them with the inner strength and courage you have within. Yeah, great. So, um, okay. Um Thank you so much again for your tweets. Uh, yes, Sarah's tweeted in such an emotional show. Well done, John, for being so brave and continuing. Sorry, continuing to be brave every day. Absolutely, couldn't agree any more than that. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, okay, so a few other things um, I kind of wanted to mention on thoughts about, you know, I was reading about uh, Prince Harry this morning um, before I came into the studio, him opening up again with Oprah about his mental health in more depth. So just wondering what your thoughts are around Prince Harry opening up. 
you know, does it make a difference that he's royalty or not royalty? Uh, should they be um, not allowing him to speak up? You know, what are your thoughts around this? So it's a very sort of debatable topic. Uh, another note I would like to mention out there, uh, a shout out of just to wish two people. Firstly, uh, Shushma, I know that she's having a real tough time at the moment with her own well-being, but now she's faced with her daughter uh, being in hospital for the past week. So wishing her a speedy recovery, giving them all strength um, and faith for um, that, you know, that she'll be back on her feet and back to her bubbly self again. And also to a special friend of mine, Chandra, who was actually on the show last week. He does so much. He never stops. Um, his wife has been and <clears throat> went into hospital this week uh, for an operation. So wishing her as well a speedy recovery. Now, if you want to also listen to Chandra's uh uh, show from last week to catch up on it. it you know great great uh, show it opened up so many insights to him you can jump over to uh, anchor.fm forward slash zenat hyphen narani msm once again thank you everyone for tweeting in all your tweets uh, you can listen again and download this show and any previous show at the same a website that I gave you, anchor.fm forward slash Zenat Narani, sorry, Zenat hyphen Narani, MSM. Now, this show will be available for a week on the actual channel radio.co.uk forward slash two forward slash shows forward slash mindset hyphen matters. Okay, so you can also listen it, listen to it there. Now, if you would like to support this show the Mindset Matters, email me at mindsethorizons at gmail.com. Showing your support through sponsoring the show, that would be absolutely amazing. So do find out. Also, if you would like to be part of the show, come on, on sharing your inspirational journey stories to make a difference to people, to inspire them to move forward, make positive changes, whatever that may be when it comes to your well-being, please do get in touch with me on the same email, mindsethorizons at gmail.com. Now, next week, I have a treat. An amazing lady called Carol Pike will be joining me. She has another incredible story to share. Uh, not only that... You know, once you listen to her story, I mean, her key word is sparkle. She continues to sparkle and bring sparkle to other people's lives, despite the challenges she has encountered. So this is also a show not to be missed. So here, Friday, same time, same place, do tune in. Now, I'll be leaving you with my mission I support you to empower your mind to live the life you desire, supporting you to find clarity and vision through the darkest of times so that you can shine your light. Have a great weekend. Keep safe and well. The Mindset Matters Show, exploring mental health and well-being horizons with Zenat Numrani on Channel 2 Radio.